Welcome to The Talk at Revolution, where each week we explore what it looks like to find Jesus and live like Him in a practical way. At Revolution Community Church, we know that we are better together. Each week, we look to celebrate Jesus, connect with others, and contribute to the church, community, and beyond. If you'd like to connect with Revolution or take a next step, please visit us at revolutioncc.org or at our Logansport, Indiana campus located at 3930 East Market Street. And now, we hope you are encouraged and challenged by this talk. The Boy Scouts say, be prepared to pack anything and everything that you might need to be ready for any eventuality. But what happens when all that stuff begins to weigh us down? Jesus had something better in mind for us. He said, don't think you need a lot of special equipment for this. You are the equipment. Keep it simple. In other words, travel light. Get ready to let some stuff go. To start unpacking, releasing heaviness, and maybe even regaining some of the special things we lost along the way. fantastic this morning. You sounded great. Man, I love these times where we can come and celebrate and sing together. Man, it's been an incredible summer. Uh, if we haven't had the opportunity to meet, my name is Nate. I'm one of the pastors here on staff, and we've had an incredible summer this summer. We've talked about this summer of collaboration we've been in, where we've had lots of guest speakers. We've heard from many of our speaking team here in Revolution. But today is a very special day. We've been talking about all August is back to church month, and I told you I was inviting a special friend back. So ladies and gentlemen, would you please help me welcome our lead pastor, Anthony Cazello, back to the stage. Let's give it up for the Cazello family that's here today. And <laughs> Bentley, Jaken, my wife Shauna, and Aspen. It's it's been a crazy summer, hasn't it? It's been uh, the best summer of our lives. I would describe it that way. Um, if you didn't know, we just I'm coming back from a three month sabbatical. If if you're brand new to Revolution, I think it's the the most fitting Sunday ever to say, hey, if we've never met before, I'm Anthony. I'm the lead pastor here at Revolution, but. Um, uh, I'm just so, so thankful for our church, for giving us the opportunity we had. Um, just the, one of the biggest gifts of our life, that we were able to get away and grow in our walk with Christ, um, replenish the soul. I think that's probably the biggest gift I got out of it, just uh, relationship with Jesus renewed in some different ways and lots of cool trips and, and adventures and stories that will be shared in for many weeks, I'm sure. You'll get one today. But um, thank you so much, church, for what you gave to us, for what you carried for us this summer. And uh, I just love all of you. I appreciate all of you so much. It's great to be in a room with you today uh, or, you know, to be with you online. So let's, let's pray and then we'll dive right in, okay? God, I just, I stand here just humbled as the leader of this movement called Revolution that's going to be celebrating 11 years in two weeks. 
it's just um, unbelievable to think about that and all that you've done in that time frame and all that you did this summer here and in our family. Um, so God, we just come to you right now and I, I just pray that somehow through these words I speak and stories and things I share that, that like we just sing about, you would be magnified in these times, in, this, in these moments, that, that it would just transition us to take a next step toward you and toward living more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so uh, this is the third week. I'm coming right into the middle of this uh, travel light theme, and Matt kicked it off a couple weeks ago, talked about letting go of distractions. And then Mark last week, Mark Malin was here and talked about letting go of stuff, materialism, gave some really insightful challenges. I, we were able to watch last week. It was our first time watching Revolution Online as well last Sunday. And so ever since last Sunday, I've been cutting sticks of gum in half. I've been taking apart the Kleenexes, picking out three outfit, outfits for every season. That's all you get, right? If you weren't here, you do. some of the ladies really pushed back on last week probably, didn't you? But um, so. So yeah, we, we, it's been a really insightful theme. If, if you've missed some of it, check it out. Uh, but Matt, just to give you kind of the big picture of this, Matt set things up in week one by talking about how God really spoke to him through this red letter passage in Mark chapter six. So I'm gonna read that again. It's such, such an interesting uh, list of kind of uh, requirements that he gave the disciples as he sent them out. He says, calling the 12 to him, this is Jesus. He began to send them out two by two because we're better together. And he gave them authority over impure spirits. These were his instructions. He gave them specific instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but not an extra shirt. You get one shirt, that's it. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. This is intense. So then they went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. Travel light. And I'm telling you, if my wife Shauna and my daughter Aspen had listened to Jesus' instructions before the sabbatical, we would have saved hundreds of dollars in check luggage fees. I'm kidding. I am totally kidding because they are great at minimizing what they need for a trip and getting everything into that uh, carry-on bag. And they would say they do it. They leave some extra room because, hey, we just don't need a whole lot. The real reason I found out this summer is so they can go shopping when we get to the destination. They still got a little extra room. So I told on them, but that's just, that's just the reality. So, so this idea of travel light. For, for whatever reason, Jesus wanted his disciples to have such a light load. The content of their travel supplies list was so minimal that, that they could go wherever they needed to go. They could get there whenever they needed to get there. And if something didn't go well, they could pick up and leave easily. No U-Haul needed. No calling up the buddy with a pickup truck. You know what I'm talking about? Some of you are the buddy with the pickup truck. Yeah, that friend that you haven't talked to in years, they're ready to move. They call you. So, that, but I mean, no backpack even, just slip the Crocs on and we can go to the next city. That's all they got to do. And because they traveled light, they were used mightily by God. Think about it, to, to go all over, to reach people all over, to heal people. These miracles took place. I mean, don't, want, don't we want our lives to be used in ways like the disciples in the gospels? We got to figure out how do we travel light? What do we need to leave behind, let go of, 
so that we can build God's kingdom in this way as his followers. So I want to talk for just a few minutes today on letting go of something else. Letting go of control. I'll give you a few seconds if you do want to leave now. Letting go of control. And, and I thought about it. I, I really could call this letting go of stress, anxiety, depression, worry, lack of sleep, addiction, lack of identity, feeling like a failure, because all of these things often come down to a pressure and a desire to be in control, to have control. Actually, let's just do something really quick. Let me, let me have some crowd participation. Here's what I need. Everybody watching online, whichever camera's live, uh, I would love for you to participate as well. If you're, if you're a pl in a place you can do this. Uh, I'd like, can everybody just stand up for just a moment? I know you just got comfortable. The seat just got to where you wanted it to be. Um, here's what I want to do. I, it, I'm going to list some, some different things that potentially cause stress in our lives. And what I want you to do is, if this thing is currently causing you some stress, I want you to have a seat, okay? So at home, do the same thing. But, and, and be honest, don't just sit down because people around you are sitting down. Like, seriously, if, if it's not causing you stress, stay standing. But if this area of life is currently causing you some stress, I want you to sit down. Ready? Here's the first one. Finances. Not too many. Okay, we're doing great here at Revolution. Awesome. I mean, maybe it's like, I just don't have enough money for all these different things going on. Like the month is longer than, than the money I have. I got all these bills and stuff. Or maybe it's the other end, right? Like I have so much money. I don't know what to do with it. I'm trying to figure out the best thing to do with it. I'm stressed because I don't know what's, what's wise. Wow, I thought we have a few more. Maybe on this next one, we'll have a few more. Here's the second one. Throw that picture up there relationships. It might be marriage relationships, parent-to-child relationships, and you're not wanting to sit down because then you're like kind of pointing the finger at someone. It's okay. We're being honest. We're being authentic. Relationships. Maybe you have littles, and, and it is, man, it is so exhausting at times, right? You change the diaper. You sit down for just a five-minute break, and they already start crying. They crap their pants again. So, or, or, it's, or it's older kids, you know, and, and they're, like they're out of the house. They're making decisions that don't line up with the values that you believe you instilled something or marriage stuff or, you know, co-workers, friendships. That's it. Relationships. Okay, we're doing great with that as well. Okay, next one. Third thing, health. Is, is health. Maybe it's your own health or the health of someone else, you know, that you're close to. And see, at this point, we're like, should I stand back up and sit back down? Because I, I mean, we're, I'm three for three now, right? Some of us are. Uh, let, let, okay, let's just call this next one big external stuff. Big external stuff, like, like what's going on in Afghanistan right now. Like, it's, it's causing some stress. And let me, let me just say this. I know many of us are still standing, but I, I just have to say this. It's been on my heart all week long. I sent my brother a text. Um, if you are someone in this room or, or watching online, and, and over the past two decades, you served our nation on the soil of Afghanistan, what you did was not in vain. It mattered. My brother spent two tours in Afghanistan, and his sacrifice matters. No matter what's going on that's out of control right now, seems like a total mess, right? But thank you for your service, if, if, like you sacrificed for us. And like we had an office. Yeah. Corporal Umberto Sanchez, his sacrifice mattered. So we just, we value, we, we honor those that have served 
But there's so much, right? The Delta variant, weather stuff, external stuff. Okay, how about this? We still got people standing. There's too much on your plate. You got so much time. I mean, yeah, no, you got so much to do, so little time. There's just too much on your plate. Okay, here's another one. I'm, I'm not where I want to be. I'm, I'm just like, I had this desire to, I wanted to be at this place at this point in life, and I'm, I'm just not where I want to be at this point in my life. All right, last one. I'm stressed, but I don't know why. I feel some stress, but I don't know why. And we still have some people standing. Let me know what I missed after service. I thank you. Give it up for the ones still standing. You're rocking it. Because, I mean, there, there's, I, I've heard from people like, I'm, I'm stressed. I'm, I've tried all kinds of different ways, like yoga and meditation and Bible reading and prayer, and nothing seems to work. So I'm stressed. In other words, you're stressed because you're stressed, right? That even happens. So I, I, I want to throw out an idea because this connects with us, right? And, and for those that were still standing at the end, I'm sure there's been different seasons of life where there's been some stress, there's been some things going on. So I wanna, I wanna throw out this idea that I hold firmly to and that, I, that God's really been working on me in the last few months about. I wanna suggest there's only one real reason that you feel stressed. That, that traveling light, it seems awesome. I mean, just, it sounds awesome, but it seems distant. And that one real reason is control. See, we, we, we all have this mental idea of how life should be, and life doesn't often cooperate with our mental idea. Like we wanna be financially secure, whatever that looks like. We all have like a different number or a different idea, mental picture. We wanna be financial, financially secure. You have in your head that you wanna you want have a good marriage relationship, whatever that looks like. And your spouse might have a little bit different idea and picture. You, you have in your, in your thinking how you want your kids to behave or, or how you want them to live, the values you want them to live out. You have this picture of how the world should be operating. And guess what? The world's not cooperating with your picture. And that's why you feel stressed and anxious, because you're not in control. Let, let's pull back another layer on this, okay? Let's, let's say you're a pastor. I don't know if I'm talking to anybody in the room. Let's just say you're a pastor. And, and, and you just, you have this, like you want to succeed in building a great church for the glory of God. You want to see a certain number of people come to faith in Christ. Like you want to see visible change take place in the community that you planted the church in, that you actually grew up in. Because if, if that happens, you think, man, my life's worthwhile. It's worth something. It matters. But guess what? I can't control any of that. You know, uh, one of the questions I've actually been wrestling with over the last few weeks, I'm, I'm reading a book that kind of brought this question out, and I haven't even shared this with the staff yet, but so here, here it goes. But a, a question I've been thinking about is, am I leading to control or to influence? And as if, if you're in a leadership position, which all of us have influence in some way, I'm, just think about that question. Am I leading to control or influence? Am I leading because I want to be in control and I want my way and I want to feel like I'm in control? Or am I leading to humbly use my influence to bring more people to the feet of Jesus? I think I'm better than I used to be. Because this, this control thing, it's a big deal. Like you have this picture of where you want to be. So you get the job, and you get the promotion, and you get the house, and you get the car. Because that's what I want. It's about control. 
Everything we do in some way, it's an attempt to grasp at control often. Just making sense. Like, and I'm not saying this is all wrong. This is important to hear. Like much of these things, these ideas, these pictures, these uh, visions we have, you know, it's good stuff. There's nothing wrong with it. But I have news for you. You're not in control. You've never been in control. You will never be in control. I've said this before, from this stage, it becomes so much more clear. The longer I live life, the more I lead, the more you know, I think about things and, and really kind of pull the layers off. What we have is the illusion of control. Here's what, here's what Proverbs says. I think this makes it so clear. It says, we make our own plans, but the Lord decides where we will go. I mean, it's so simple. We're not in control. We think we are. We want to be, but we're not. And look, I'm, I'm not talking about like a, a, a fatalistic determinism. I'm not talking like we're just the results of our biology and our evolution and our nurturing. And so all the choices we would make are predetermined. Or so, That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying big picture. We're not in control. Again, I, I just got back from a, a three-month sabbatical, and um, we did all kinds of things. And I, I meticulously planned this thing out. Because I, I mean, I, I've said it so many times now, this is one of the greatest gifts of my life. I didn't want to waste a minute of it. So, I, I mean, three months to replenish the soul, grow as a leader and a Christ follower. So I planned all these different activities we would do. I had it all scheduled out. Um, I had a picture of how different things would go down. I planned the books that I was going to read every couple of weeks. That actually changed a little bit as well. I planned conversations I wanted to have with my wife and my kids. I planned words. Like I wrote down words I wanted to say and speak into their lives. And I found out I'm not in control. The, the planning wasn't like worthless, okay? I mean, it, it says in Proverbs 16, 19, we make our plans. We need to do this. It wasn't worthless. I, a lot of the things that were planned and a lot of things I you know, planned to say, it, it went as I pictured it. But much of it, many days, many weeks were totally out of control. And I had to choose in those moments, do I grasp at control still or do I release it and say, okay, God must be up to something else here. One such example of this, I had a hike planned. About six days into our southern Illinois and uh, St. Louis trip, which is, you know, where I was born. My, my dad, you know, grew up there, and so the heritage stuff. And um, so I had this hike planned, and it was going to be a tough hike on a very, like, heat index over 100 degrees um, in the woods. It's going to be a tough thing. So, so, but I had it all planned out, and I had at the end of it, we're going to go through this really hard thing, this really hard hike. And at the end, I'm going to inspire and challenge the kids with don't give up when life gets hard. Don't, it's think, there's going to be so many things you go after that are difficult, and you just, you're, like, you're going to be tempted to give up. God is with you. God is for you. Don't give up. Press on. Don't give up too quickly. Oh, one other thing about the hike. I decided we weren't going to take water with us because I wanted our will to just break down where we were so open to what God would speak. So I, get, so I talked to Shauna about it. I'm like, I'm, I'm telling her, you know, 4.5 mile hike, 103 heat index. We're in the woods, up and down terrain. Uh, oh, no water too. And, uh, but I need you with me on this. My bride, my cheerleader, my biggest supporter. I need you because the kids are going to struggle, but I need you. So she pushes back on the water thing quite a bit. But finally she's like, all right, I, I trust you. So we go on the hike. 
I lose total control about a mile in. Um, and Jake loses it at first. Like he's the first one to lose it. He just stops. He stops on the trail. He goes, I'm calling the cops. You're trying to kill us. I know you're trying to kill us. So, and Bentley, our seven-year-old's like, he doesn't know. He's like, dad, I mean, I'm hot. I'm, I'm, I'm thirsty. Are, are you trying to kill us? He starts to question it. And, and Shauna, about mile three, I lose Shauna. She's like, I can't do it. You're going to have to come back and get me. We don't have to get the water, bring the water. I can't. And so she, I lose Shauna. I, the only one that stuck with me the whole time without complaining was Aspen. And she chugged about three bottles of water once we got back to the car. And I still gave them the spiel, the inspirational. But the only thing my kids will remember from that trip is I tried to kill them. But hopefully as they get older, they'll look back. Remember that time dad tried to kill us? Man, I don't want to give up on stuff. I do not want to give up. So, but see, at some point, at some point, the illusion of control will break down in your life. It's probably not going to be on a hike in the woods, exactly. It's, it's probably going to be in a much more serious way than that. The stock market won't cooperate. Your boss won't cooperate. Your spouse won't cooperate. Your kids won't cooperate. The universe won't cooperate. God won't cooperate. The illusion of control will break down. And if we actually believe we're in control, when things go wrong in life, we, we fall to pieces. Like we think our, our whole identity's in shambles. I'm a failure. When none of that is true, it's simply that one out of a thousand different things that could go wrong in that situation actually went wrong this time. It's that we're not in control. I mean, let's, let's just really think about this. Let me just give us a short list of, of things that we have no control over or have had no control over. I didn't control the day I was born. I didn't control who my parents were. Very thankful for them, but I didn't control that. I didn't control where I was born. I didn't control what race, skin color, eyes, hair, what any of that looked like. I, I will not control when and where I step into eternity. I cannot control other drivers on the road. Some of you wish. You can't. I, I cannot control what other people think about me. I cannot control my kids' futures. I can influence, right? We can guide, but we can't control. A good leader's not going to control that. I cannot control the weather. I cannot control how fast or slow my food gets to me in a restaurant. I cannot control how fast or slow the person in front of me is driving. I cannot control whether or not someone I know and love receives Christ. Praise to receive Christ. I cannot control how other people respond to me when I confront something. I cannot control if people like me or not. I cannot control the fact that my body is breaking down at a rate much faster today than it was tw at age 27 when we planted Revolution Church. I cannot control God by my religious performance. That doesn't work. In fact, if I can control anything, then the very thing I can control is so small and insignificant, it would hardly register on the eternal scale in regards to things that actually matter. Guess what? Jesus gave us a better way than grasping at control. Let go of it. You don't, you don't really have it anyway. Travel light. Let go of control. It's okay. You don't have it anyway. Here's another way he puts it, Luke chapter 17. And maybe you haven't thought about this in regards to like what we've talked about with control, but I want us to think about it that way. And you've probably heard this before. Uh, Luke 17, 33, it says, whoever tries to keep their life will lose it. 
And whoever loses their life will preserve it. Many of us have heard that verse before. The Greek word behind keep, it's this very big Greek word I'm not going to try to pronounce. That's one of the things I'm going to do coming off sabbatical. I'm not going to try to pronounce Greek words I can't pronounce. But the word keep, there's, there's three synonyms in English for that word in, in the Greek. Um, to, uh, to, to make my own, to preserve, to control. It's synonymous with keep. You can put the word control in there. Control is a synonym for the Greek word here. If you try to hold on to control, you will lose your life. You will waste your life. I will waste my life. And here's why. Because when we are in a constant state of, I need to be in control, like it's out of control, how do I get control back? You can't live in the present. We're stressed, we're anxious. We're consumed with this thing that psychology calls brain chatter. You know what brain chatter is? It's what your mind tells you is true. It's what your mind, it's, it's your inner dialogue that completely interrupts things that are happening in the here and now. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It, it brain chatter. Let's, let's say you lost your job and you think, man, what? I'm, I'm never going to get a job again. I mean, this is it. I mean, forget the job. I, I, mean, I love that job. Am I ever going to find a job I love again? And what if so-and-so finds out? What are they going to think about me losing my job? And is any employer going to be okay that that's on my resume now? And how am I going to pay the bills this week, this month? I mean, what am I going to do? I lost my... That, brain chatter. You know what I'm saying? Brain chatter makes what you can't control a hundred times worse than the thing itself. It ruins our life. We lose life. We lose life, Right? And not only is brain chatter happening, there's also this other thing going on called a mental model. 30 more seconds of psychology, that's all. And then we're gonna get some hope, okay? A mental model. A mental model is the way you think the world works. But it's not the way the world works. It's how you think the, the world works. But how you and I think the world works is never exactly how the world works. We, we get half the story, maybe, of what's going on and in, in things in our world. Probably not even close to that, really. And here, here's how Paul, he wrote a letter to the Corinthian church. He, he was, it's such a humbling thing to, to realize. Like, think about what Paul says here. Inspired by the Holy Spirit, he says, for now, we only see a reflection as in a mirror. It's like partial, it's incomplete. We, then, like eternity, when we're with Christ, we're going to see face to face. Like we get this, you know, this amazing, like the pixels, the 4A or 4, the, the 4H, what's that called? No, the 4K, 4K, like crystal clear when we get there. <laughs> 4H, that's the fair. Now, now I know, look at the second part. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I'm fully known. We just get a glimpse now. We just get a part of how things, like our mental model, it's never completely accurate, friends. We think we're in control we're not. We don't even understand exactly all that's going on within us, around us. But I'm not sharing this to discourage you and to challenge you to give up on goals and purpose and meaning and relationships. I am sharing this because it is literally one of the most encouraging revelations I've ever received in my life. I'm not in control. See, because I believe that, that peace, like true peace. Let that set in for a second. What does that feel like? True peace. That peace is found in understanding how out of control we are and then placing our faith in the hands of a God that has never ceased to maintain control over all he has created. 
See, there's a being that's in complete control. That being is madly in love with you. And he has a plan for you. And his desire is to bless you. And he wants what's best for you. Here, here's, he, he inspired this, this guy named Jeremiah to prophesy these words hundreds of years ago. God speaking through Jeremiah says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. The God that's in control said that. Or turn over to Isaiah 43. I love this. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I've redeemed you. I've summoned you by name. I know your name. You're mine. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they're not going to sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you're not going to be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I'm in control, and that's who I am. The God we worship today, it's the same God that inspired Jeremiah, inspired Isaiah, that spoke to Jacob and Israel. He is speaking this over your life. So to everyone that feels like life's out of control, it's because it is. And the, the more we try to grasp at control, the more likely we are to live in complete, in complete rebellion to the one who's in control, who has all things in his hands, who constantly calls us to surrender our control over to him the one that knows best, that knows all, that loves us and is in total control. So if there's an area of your life that feels completely out of control, it's most likely God trying to get your attention to surrender control, not grasp at it, to surrender control to him. I, I listened to a TED talk this week. This lady was talking about how she's a control freak and she was sharing her story in relation to it. She talked about how... Um, she spent about a year planning for her wedding, which probably isn't unusual. That's probably what it takes. I don't know. I didn't do a lot of planning for her wedding. But uh, um, she spent an entire year working on her wedding day because she wanted everything to be perfect. But guess what? She found out we don't have control over that. By the way, did it rain on anyone's wedding in the room here? Anybody get a, a rainy wedding day? It's a couple of us, maybe online. No control over that. But, but she, she spent meticulous hours. She talked about how you know, she wanted to make everything look and work just perfectly from the angle of the chairs where the sun would shine, where the photographs were perfect, to the color schemes and the decor and the outfits and the playlist and the volume. And just she wanted everything to go just perfectly. She wanted to be in control because she wanted everything to turn out just right. Well, right before the ceremony, the photographer came up to her and said, and he treaded very carefully as she was explaining the story. He goes... Uh, Rachel, I'm trying to get really good photos of you, but the thing is, um, you have this expression of utter disappointment on your face, and I don't think that's what you want to go for in your wedding photos. So you want to tell me what's up? That is a bold wedding photographer right there. You got to be a counselor sometimes as a wedding photographer, I guess. So she just lets the photographer have it. She's just like, well, yeah, I'll tell you what's up. And she, she's like, this is the, these, this tablecloth's white, but it doesn't match the white of the flowers. And like, you hear the volume of the music? That's not right. That's not even at all what I said. And, and I told the ushers exactly how to line up the chairs. Look at the chairs. They're not even lined up correctly and on and on. So the photographer grabs her by the arms and goes, Rachel, your wedding is happening right now and 
although I don't really relate to a bride on her wedding day, I was very chill on the wedding day. I relate to this story. Because Revolution Church, your life is happening right now. Your kids are growing up right now. Your grandkids are growing up right now. Your career is happening right now, right now. And we can, we can either choose to live in a state of anxiety and stress because we're trying to control it and it's not going exactly like we hoped, or we can trust the one that has complete control and completely loves us. We can travel light and experience what it is to live life surrendered to the God that is in total control. God, I just pray over our church right now. I have not figured this out. I confess that right now. But I wanna take a step this week in, in light of this truth. I, I pray that maybe this has pulled us up out of the weeds a little bit, out of the forest to see a bigger picture of what you're doing, that you are a good God, a loving God that has plans for us and purpose for us. And when life is out of control, oftentimes it is simply a challenge for us to step under your control again. So I pray that over us. And as we sing these two songs, just let it set in. Let this truth set into our hearts, our minds, our lives, our families, our marriages, our jobs. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.